Welcome to the second ever Rad Years podcast. I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. And um, last week, or last time, we, we talked about the Batman 89. We got a uh, nice response. We had a cool giveaway. Um, a lot of people entered. We're, we've been building our followers up on Instagram. Uh, and this week, we've got something fun for you. Something that does not exist anymore. Um, something that you'll have to tell your stories to your grandkids about when they're like, what? Saturday morning cartoons. Uh, when I think of Saturday morning cartoons, I think of sugary cereal, you know, to the limit. My mom would let me buy it. Um, pajamas till noon. Uh, just waking up and knowing that life's going to be a little better because you don't have to go to school and, you could lay under your blanket on the floor by the couch, eat huge bowls of cereal, and watch the best programming of the week. Um, what about you, Squeeze? Uh, it was my <clears throat> my Hook and Spider-Man beanbag chairs <laughs> and uh, usually cold uh, leftover Domino's pizza that I would... Uh, okay, yeah, when I got older, I think you got into the... like. You, it became a whole th- a whole thing. Your Friday night leading into your Saturday morning. I remember uh, the old KB toy. We we'd have a thing where my mom would go grocery shopping Friday nights, and it was at a mall. And you know we'd go to KB and we'd probably have to plan our whole you know what are we gonna get? What are we gonna go home and watch? And then well, what are we gonna you know we gotta have our cereal ready. We gotta have our <laughs> cold Domino's ready to wake up and the because it was really an event. Saturday morning cartoons. I was an early riser. Of course. So I was usually at 6 o'clock. I was up, ready to go, even though the traditional uh, Saturday morning cartoons well, didn't you start. You get some weirder eight. ones. Like on Fox, I remember the Wizard of Oz cartoon. Wizard of Oz. Uh, uh, and I think that. Uh, Mr. No- was it Mr. Noah? Dr. Noah? Professor Noah? It ran on the local ABC affiliate by us, and it was uh, a guy on a boat that uh, it was like a live action. <laughs> he would make like a clock powered by a potato, and just it was. I don't even know what this it is. It was awkward. I can't even remember. That's why it's not even on my list. But starting um, at six a.m. And I remember when I was really young, Romper Room was like the really early thing. But I don't know if that was regional or not. But but it, it, I was not an early riser, and like to get up at seven o'clock or seven thirty or whenever the hell we got up to go to school was the worst, and it was arduous for my dad to get me out of bed every morning. But for some reason, I would want to wake up on Saturday morning to make sure. I mean, I, I would sleep in my fair amount, but I would want to get the hell up so I could get down and and get watch cartoons, you know, before we got some good Commodore sixty four NES playtime in. So. We're going to talk about our each of our top five, uh, car, not our necessarily our favorite, but our some of our most formative because we might do more down down the line. But these are our five for now. And uh, who's going to start? I'll start. You're going to start. Well, I'm going to let Squeezer start. Mm-hmm. And what is your number one? Come along with the snorts. Swim along with the snorts. So much to see. 
that takes me back. I mean, I was just a casual Snorks fan, but go ahead. You seem to oh, be... I would I would get so excited because it was on a, it was random on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't know it was coming on until it, Cartoon Network started. Until Cartoon Network started initially, when it was, uh, it was on NBC, and then when it ran in syndication, uh, there was just a block, and you would go through the TV guide, and it would just say Saturday morning cartoons in the block. Right. And you couldn't predict what necessarily they, they was They sold Hanna-Barbera by the bulk. Yeah. Uh, Snorks being a Hanna-Barbera show, some would call it the sister show to its more successful, hotter, more popular, rich, uh, blue sister, the Smurfs. I was wondering why if one of us were going to talk Smurfs. Because I, I, we all watch the Smurfs, but I wouldn't say Smurfs was like something I was like, fuck yeah, Smurfs is on. It was like, eh, Smurfs is on. Smurfs was on. Yeah, watch it. Um, yeah, I, I I enjoyed it, but it wasn't. And even the Snorks is not one of my all time favorite shows. It's just one of those odd ones that all the all the shows that I will talk about today, that theme song I will sing in my head as I wander throughout the day. So, eleven thirty in the morning, Snorks is just playing in my head as mm-hmm. I go, as I just puddle around with my little snorkel, just push me around with my one because I'm a saltwater snork. Two sn- uh, snorkels. You're a freshwater snork. Oh, yes. I did not know that. that. Is, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. I I just remember I being thinking. Uh, I don't know. This is gonna sound weird, but snorks was really sexy to me as a kid. I thought that pink snork. She was just hot. <laughs> she did it for me. <laughs> she used to bend over with show a little. They, they showed pa- snork panties in that show. If I there was that's just something I daydreamed. I fantasized about. Uh, which one did I watch recently? Um, it was a snork eater. Okay, so you went and back. I went back. I watched. went back because I honestly I couldn't recall any individual episodes. It's been so long. <laughs> I know. Who was um, their villain? Who's their uh, Gargamel? I wow. Now I feel like an ass that I should have uh, gone a little deeper than that. <laughs> but it was like uh, they had the the message that you had to send. It was the the snork eater wanted to be a vegetarian. Okay. And his dad was, you know, disappointed in him and he had to mm. he had to go eat a snork mm. and then he befriended the snorks and mm. then the snorks helped him and the the rich asshole snork uh through the freshwater snork under the bus and I'm sh- I'm sure their overall villain was just a Japanese who was probably trying to overfish them and s- serve them raw in a sushi roll. Just force them into a cove and right. cut them off. And- right. Overfish and uh, I, I, we're going to the bocce this weekend. I haven't had snork hibachi in forever. Do you just have like the snorkel? Is it like calamari? Oh yeah, like, just chop the snorkel up like yeah. calamari, deep fry, batter oh, and deep fry. That it. sounds awesome. That's there's, there's probably different parts. Probably the the head is round and bulbous. That's nah, probably all bone. Yeah, I, I bet the this part that they served because they were they were like all head, and then that's the snork. So that's. <laughs> The calamari. Man, this went dark. My childhood <laughs> memories. You know what? It, it was if I, it was in the sea, the Japanese fish they, didn't yeah. eat it. But I think that's also why I picked it as probably my most. It's the most innocent of my shows. Oh, sure. My, my list is rather violent. Well, that's what they served us back then. That is what they served us. Mine starts out. Are you done with the snorks? Oh yeah, we can. So we're on. ready to move on. I I just the snorks. It was almost like a more of an honorable mention. Just. 
warm, fuzzy memories. So you had four, and you threw this in to make it five. I had no, I had more. I had some that I went pretty deep on that I cut just because I wanted to hear the theme song on the show. Okay, well that's good enough. Mine is kind of mine kind of starts innocent too, and we're going to uh, we're all gonna catch a catch a little ride on the USA Cartoon Express. Wake up! I'm just an attention-getting kind of guy. Heads up, there's blue whales in the sky. I didn't want you to miss this train, the most astounding USA Cartoon Express. You all recognize that voice, don't you? Bowser from The Adventures of Super Mario Brothers 3. Um, the USA Cartoon Express, in my opinion, is uh, a, my earliest Saturday morning cartoon experience that I can remember. I know there was earlier. I know I was watching CBS with ALF and, and Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, and we'll talk about that in future shows. But this is the one that really, like, I can remember sitting in our upstairs living room with that wicker thing that held our television, our tube TV kids, thing weighed 30 pounds and was smaller than your laptop screen. And we would watch, we would watch the USA, the cable channel that, that what is, what's USA's big show? Justified? Well, probably WWF. It always was. It was. They, you they you know what I lobbed that. off the beginning of that USA Cartoon Express? A Hulk Hogan promo for, for WWF. But yeah, um, so Saturday mornings, they would syndicate programming, starting with um, Hanna-Barbera until Cartoon Network. And, and, and they preceded uh, any – they were the, like the first ever cable cartoon block, preceding Nickelodeon by five years and Cartoon Network by over 10 years. And it started in 82, and it lasted till 96, so it had a good run. Um, but uh, – now, people who are of our era don't understand how important uh, the game Super Mario Brothers 3 was. It's still, to this day, it's the best game it ever. It is cre- the best game. I'm sorry. It, it's perfect. In an era before the internet, it was dropped in our freaking laps by this movie called The Wizard that was nothing more than a 90-minute Nintendo commercial featuring uh, Kevin from The Wonder Years that, <clears throat> at the end, they play this mystery game at the Nintendo competition and it's Super Mario 3, and we all lost our shit. Uh, it was, you know, like I said, it was before the internet. No one had any clue it was coming. And we all just could not wait to get our hands on Super Mario Brothers 3. Um, that's why I think there was so much fever on this show. I, I, um, to me, it was just, it was just awesome. And before... Mario 3, there was the weekday Super Mario Brothers Super Show, uh, which featured the live-action Mario and Luigi. Captain Lou Albano. And Danny Wells. Um, It aired weekdays. And Fridays was, of course, the Legend of Zelda episode. So Monday through Thursday, they would do a Mario. And then Friday would play a Legend of Zelda, which I, oh, my goodness, I just remember coming up from school and watching that. I had Um, my matching bed sheets. (laughs) Then Saturdays uh, was Captain N and the Game Master on NBC. And then when um, USA got a hold of it, they had packaged uh, the Super Mario Brothers 3, Adventures of Super Mario Brothers 3 with Captain N and the Game Master. So let's talk Super Mario Brothers 3. Each 
30-minute episode featured two stories. Uh, they did away with the live action, and most stories involved the Koopa Kids, which I thought was awesome. And it involved all the Mario 3 worlds and power-ups. And like you heard in that theme song, that was, that was a rendition of the game music. Uh, and being obsessed with this game made me more obsessed with the show because the version, this version was what, much more faithful to the game than the first show was. Uh, in addition to being faithful to the gameplay, it uh, was given like a continuity. Like each episode, uh, like the story had more continuity than just random cartoon episodes. And I always thought that was awesome. Like you can't miss it because you're going to miss a piece of the story. And uh, the show is known for having many of its episodes set in the real world with actual human beings appearing from time to time. Uh, episodes took place in locations such as London, Paris, Venice, New York City, Cape Canaveral, Los Angeles, and even Washington, D.C. A memorable episode, a memorable episode uh, was entitled Seven Continents for Seven Koopas. Uh, and it was about Koopa having the Koopalings invade each of the seven continents. It was, it was just awesome. Um, and celebrity appearances by none other than the great musical group Millie Vanilli. Yeah, Millie Vanilli was in animated form. Yeah, uh, and they helped Mario and Luigi save the day in one episode. That was just—I mean—it was preceded by um, Super Mario World as the game went on, or the, you know, the game went on, and that, that they get rid of Toad for Yoshi, and it was set in Dinosaur World. And I didn't really like that one as much. And then they would like bundle them together and have the Super Mario All Stars show. Mm -hmm. But for me. The true gem of all those shows was The Adventures of Super Mario Brothers 3. What I, what I think what made the show great was it had so much material to work with. For the time that Super Mario Brothers 3 came out, mm -hmm. the, the game, mm -hmm. it was so deep right. as far as just characters. Power-ups. Power-ups. There, there was so much material to work with. Right. Each Instead of, the of one kids, bad guy, you now yeah. had seven-plus Bowser. Each of the Koopa kids had their own unique story, you know. And uh, it confused us because they went by their American names, and in the game they went by their Japanese names. <laughs> Classic Nintendo with Princess Peach, Toadstool, Daisy. Who the hell knows? Yeah, it's, it's all over the place. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's my my uh, first. Uh, you ready for your second? All right, here we go. <laughs> Wow. That is a minute-long intro to a 29-minute toy commercial that aired every Saturday morning. That's exactly what that show was. It was fantastic. That show was so good. 
Um, but it and was syndica- I, I, we ate up the syndicated episodes in weekdays, and then the new ones on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. It was um, it was gospel in the early eighties, early nineties, late eighties. It, it was what it was because of uh, the toy line. It, it differed from the comic so far because they felt that they couldn't play <clears throat> playmate wanted to sell toys. Mm-hmm. They weren't going to sell toys to kids. Well, no one's going to buy an action figure uh, of each turtle wearing the same red, the same red mask. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it kind of... It really took a cue from the He-Man, Masters of the Universe, and the G.I. Joe lines. Uh, and even what we talked about last time with the DC superhero, superpowers line. Making as many different figures as you can. As many colorful characters in the figure line. And you know what? To give them credit... They worked almost all of those motherfuckers into the yeah. TV show. Even Ro- Razor and Toka. Yeah. They and, were in the uh, cartoon. Even f- They created completely for that shitty second Secret of the U's movie. Uh, instead of Bebop and Rocksteady, they worked those two bastards. I never understood the, the thought process yeah. behind that. Like it was something fresh when you knew people wanted Bebop, Bebop and Rocksteady. And Rocksteady. Um, it was definitely it was lighter than the comic. Yeah. The comic was a much darker tone. And yet Eastman and Laird both signed off on it. They were okay with it. They were. Um, at the same time, April O'Neil was oh, stacked. She was. Um, that was in no, the day when they'd stack chicks and cartoons. Yeah, and uh, looking back on it, I understand why You know, we have our generation has developed in such a particular way because that's what they drew. <laughs> it's true. And hold on, Squeezer, I'm going to stop you right there. We're going to take a quick... Uh, break, and we'll be right back. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles will return after these messages. All right, we're back. We have no messages. We have no sponsors. <laughs> we just want to play bumps because that's part of the car- the old cartoon experience, the bumpers. Uh, the bumpers, the PSAs, yeah, um, which were integral to keeping Saturday morning cartoons around. Right, right. Because the soda the lousy, commercials. Lousy parents trying to... Junk food commercials. Yeah. Oh. But there had to be a, the, the EI tag now. Yeah, um, that ruined Saturday mornings. Uh, but the, You have to fucking learn something. Yeah. Which I, I'm fine. I like, I like to learn something, but every now and then, I want my violence. Yeah. Uh, and they even censored it back then. Like uh, they, Especially in Europe, Michelangelo, um, they took away his... Nunchucks. They wouldn't even be called Ninja Turtles. They were uh, hero turtles. Hero turtles. Um, because there's, I don't know, something in Europe with they're weird. Okay, you, yeah. you guys are weird. Yeah, um, we're weird, but I mean, they're Ninja Turtles. They're yeah. not real ninjas. Right. Um, however, the excessive use of of weaponry, Bebop and Rocksteady with the the machine guns. Um, it really did. You can nothing like that would ever uh, hit the airwaves now, uh, and especially with the intent to sell toys to kids. But also at the same time, uh, it was done on a very tight budget. Animation was very cheap. Oh, back then. Well, you, yes. it wasn't as bad as it was in the filmation days. No, but the '80s was like of tele of. of animation well, but it was it was bad it's because at the time it was syndicated for its first three years uh there are less standards for syndication eventually right. cbs picked it up um and then it ran from 90 to 96 
uh, and then the last three seasons got a little weird. They started getting dark. They called it the red sky seasons because like the sky was always red, and it was a lot of uh, uh, Dimension X, uh, and uh, all the humor was pretty much lost in it. But the first the first seven seasons, uh, animation shortcuts aside. Uh, just a spectacular show, and mm-hmm. I understand it was made to market toys, and man, did it do a good job. Like I said, I had the blimp, I had the pizza shooter, I had the. Well, I you, was. We we discussed that you were the most spoiled little bastard on the planet. At, yeah. My parents didn't believe in the peripheral toys. <laughs> the the I I mean I had the figures, and I I even had some of those big bastards, the twelve inch. I had a Donatello. Right. Uh, I had the Donatello playset, but like when it came to for some reason, when it came to the the vehicles, the the figures drove. My dad was not having it. Like ah, oh, but the pizza shooter. We talked oh, about this yeah. last week. That thing. Uh, my dog hated that thing. My dog hated me. It hated that thing. That the RPMs that that thing would spin up and then just start firing pizzas out at you. Um, but man, did it work? Yeah. Um, I mean, I had the Rat King. Baxter Stockman, like why, why do I need a? Basically, it's a Jeff Goldblum fly action figure. Right, um, right. Yeah, there was it was a lot of there was, it was good storylines and uh, Shredder was uh, Uncle Phil, may he rest in peace. And the voice acting was great. It led to some good movies. Well, a good movie, uh, and the first all, one, and every single movie after that, including the last two, were complete horse I mean, crap. But the first two one was, was the first was the first half of, of two wasn't yeah i i still will watch awful. two but the first one was the art. first one's phenomenal yeah, yeah. uh ironically the they recorded everyone uh in studio together as a group <clears throat> and they would actually uh work off each other and they even made light of some of the script they worked lighter than they had even wanted to go and uh just joking around and uh, improving throughout uh, recording of the show before it got shipped overseas to get animated. Oh wow! I did not know that. A lot. Uh, it's rare for it's rare for a show to do that. Record everyone. Um, record everyone. In the same I room. believe. I, I think a lot of it had to do with it just being cost effective. Oh, okay. Whereas now you can, you're only paying for one studio time, one session of studio time, mm-hmm. versus booking it for everyone. And uh, they could usually rip through an episode in a day. Wow, that's good. Uh, that's a good bit of knowledge there, Squeeze. Are you uh, are you all done on that one? Yeah, it's my my Ninja Turtle. Are you ready to fast forward to 1997 when we were in high school and we would never admit we are still watching Saturday morning cartoons? I wouldn't. Yeah, I won't. I I don't think I would admit it. I was definitely doing it. I don't know if I was watching anything new though. I was probably just trying to catch reruns or. Well, I was not like I, it wasn't like I still woke up. And we'll get to it. Here we sure. go. Here was my favorite.
Disney's Recess. Um, by I just remember it was like by Paul and Joe at the bottom. I think they also did that Lloyd in Space cartoon, uh, which I would watch later in college under the influence of marijuana. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Recess, man. I, I love that show. I, I'll still watch episodes on YouTube because they really haven't released it anywhere, like a definitive collection. I saw the movie School's Out in the theaters. Um, it was re- like, it's really adult. It was really good. And I know you haven't watched it, but there was this, it was, it was part of the, though, you could just track this under. You don't have to kill my mic, but it was part of the, the ABC one Saturday morning, uh, block. And, and, and they, the way they sold it, it was like, you got one Saturday morning and, and then they'd be like, they, they'd call the afternoons one, two. Um, it was on ABC, which was owned by Disney at the time. So it was all Disney, and um, and it was just like a good. Sh- there was one episode. It was called "One Stayed Clean." It was it was always very adult, and they they would always mock storylines from movies and, and and take it to the recess yard. But there's this one episode called "One Stayed Clean," where Gus, who was the new kid, he was of a uh, military family that traveled. So they all come to school dressed up and they're all angry because they're all dressed up like we were in high school. And you really relate. And then Gus shows up and he's like, oh, I, you know, they don't care if they're going to get dirty. But Gus is like, oh, I never had a good school picture before. So the, the gang's goal is to keep Gus clean. And it's just the hijinks. Uh, Recess was just a good show. I still like it. It's still, it's still fun for me. <laughs> it's still real to me, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> But yeah, I really I, I I'm going to I'm going to whip out another show from when I was in college that I watched uh from the one Saturday morning clock. That that I that was really good later, but this was for me uh one of my favorites and it was you know, high school coming home watching in college, following it and smoking weed and enjoying it. But the, if you've never seen the recess movie, it's really well done. Um and just if you if you get I'm sure there's episodes on YouTube if you want to check it out and get into it it's uh it's a good show but uh you know it's not going to have as many fans as uh uh your next one if I'm not mistaken Ghostbusters. No, it's not Ghostbusters. It's the, the real, real Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Um, again, I'm going to admit this, and we'll probably dedicate hours of podcasting to Ghostbusters in our future. But That's why I was debating even putting this on the list because I knew somewhere down the road right. we can go hours on it. I was 
a fan of the real Ghostbusters before I even knew there was a movie. Uh, it was my first introduction into what Ghostbusters were. And I remember it was like Christmas or some holiday. We were at my grandmother's house. And I'm stealing your your entry here with a story. No, it's no, just popped right in my head. It. And we're sitting on the couch. And I'm, let's see, this came out in 86. I'm like four or five. And I'm like talking Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters. And my aunt was like, have you seen the movie? And my mom's just like giving the cut sign. <laughs> like, shh, shh, shh. I'm like, what? She's like, you know, it's a movie. And then we had to go to Blockbuster, and my dad had to record it to our beta deck. <laughs> and, yeah, that was my first introduction. But you give us a little – drop a little knowledge on us, Squeeze. Well, personally for me, this show, it takes me back to a place. I can – just watching that open, it's something tangible that's there. I, a smell, a taste, I can't describe it. It makes no sense. But it will put me in that place. Whatever childhood, whatever I was absorbing at that time, just kind of, uh, when I hear that, when I hear and watch that open, I get taken right back there. And it's a warm, fuzzy, safe, just perfect. I have my Ghostbuster sweatshirt that I wore until it was just way too, then again, it probably should have fit a lot longer than it did, but what are you going to do? Um, but just a phenomenal show. Um, um, you, you remember the summer when I was reading that book, The Girls, and I sent you that passage where she talks about like peddling nostalgia, how women will still buy some makeup just to smell it off eBay? Yes. Well, I last year bought a box of Halloween uh, Fruit Loops. It's regular flu- Fruit Loops with Halloween... Uh, skeleton marshmallows in it and I poured a bowl and I had a bite and all of a sudden like um six years old eating go it tasted just like if you remember what Ghostbuster cereal was freaking mm-hmm. Ralston yeah. uh it was uh like fruit loops with the lime through it and the no ghost symbol with marshmallow ghost later slimers in it and it is if you listen audience I'm I'm if you want, I'm sure they sell some sort of Fruit Loops with marshmallows that aren't Halloween. But if you want that taste again, as close as you can get to what eating Ghostbuster cereal, watching that show was, go get some Fruit Loops with marshmallows. You'll go right back. Have you done? Have I told you that? No, but now I'm gonna go do it. Yeah, you gotta do it. And I'm not a cereal guy, but I'm gonna go do it. I have it here. I could give you a bowl for the road. Uh, yeah, th- this show. <laughs> Uh, this show, I this was the one that I blocked out my day for. Right. There were other cartoons, but I could go to the bathroom. I can go and get another slice of cold pizza. Mm. But this one, I piled up my figures. I had Mr. Stay Puffed. I had Ecto-1 at my feet. Right. And I would just settle in and just watch Arsenio Hall and Dave Coulier Mm-hmm. Well, Dave Coulier later was Pete Vakeman. Yes. Um, I believe the guy who originally played Pete Vakeman's name uh, was, um, oh, what was his name? It was Lorenzo something. And he, he he was the voice of Garfield also. Yes. Now, Bill Murray played Pete Vakeman in the movies and later went on to voice Garfield in the movies. Strange. And but they wanted 
Coolio because they wanted someone that sounded more like, like Bill, Bill Murray. Murray right. um, and how about Ernie Hudson? Ernie Hudson got passed up mm-hmm. <laughs> to voice Winston Zedmore yes. um, for Arsenio Hall. Yes. Which at that time... Was I mean, it maybe a cost thing? Was Arsenio not? I don't know. Arsenio had to be at, big back then. I would have thought he would have had to be. But he was just television. Uh, Ernie Hudson he, was demanding feature film rate. Yeah, he was. If, if you want to know a little more, we talked about this last week, that hit and run book about Peter Gruber and uh, John Peters, like the Ghostbusters, Columbia, which was owned by Coca-Cola at the time that put this movie out. That's why Dana Barrett has all that Coke in her fridge when she opens uh, and you'd see a lot of Coke commercials when you'd watch The Real Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. But pick that book up, Hit and Run. I'm, I plug it every week. I'm not getting any money for this. I should. But Hit and Run, it's a good book. Yeah, it was. Uh, what pretty- was your favorite episode? Uh, I have I have a favorite. Uh, well, when Halloween was forever. Halloween was forever. kind of, it's the go-to episode. It's just. Sam it's, Hain. It's perfect. Um why that line never put out a Sam Hain figure till the extreme Ghostbusters boggles my mind. Like he was the quintessential villain. Like he was his right. There was four hundred different versions of the four, five. Well, four then like Janine and Lewis Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. and there was no. There was a billion different monsters, but never Sam Hain. And he was the one I always wanted. Uh, that episode. Well, it was a two-parter. Right. Uh, yeah, that episode is, it, it stands alone as possibly my favorite, mainly because you get so many of all the other ghosts and monster, all the goblins and stuff mm-hmm. like that, um, basically all at once. You get Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Um, but then there's the other episode, which uh, I wouldn't even say it's my f- Now it is. At the time, it's the one I hated absolutely the most, and that was the uh, Grundle Mm -hmm. episode where he possesses the kid. Um, For a a six, seven, eight-year-old, that was that was a terrifying episode. It was very, uh, very adult, if you will. Well, the whole first and second season were. I mean, I remember one where they went to this lady's house because she said it was possessed. I can't even go in there. Like it, was, and they just like kept trying. To, it was like the gates of hell, and and uh, it was dark. Yeah, it was dark. And I remember specifically. We're talking Halloween episodes. The the prime time Halloween special was on a Sunday night, I believe, on CBS. The Halloween door, and I just remember freaking the hell out. And my parents like we 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 made like a whole thing about it. And my mom let me stay up a little later. Because it was prime time. It was later in the season. It was like 1989. I think that, uh, that was season two, I believe. It was Is season it, five. Was it five? Yeah. It was right after the movie came out. The movie came out in uh, July of that year. And then this came. This was October of 89. Hmm. The Halloween Door. The Halloween Door. Yeah, not okay. when Halloween was forever. The Halloween was forever was first season. The Halloween Door was the one where... Um, uh, the guy tr- goes to to hire the Ghostbusters to help him with uh, the crusade against the Helen demons and winds up being um, getting them to open up the Halloween door to break into the ancient underworld and it's really dark and there's possessed versions of everyone and 
it was just dark and what everything ghostbusters was meant to be that and the first two seasons before they uh, softened their look janine was hot and yeah yeah well that's what and then they based they made annie potts get all hot and mm-hmm. i got and, like kid boner oh yeah and the ghostbusters second one? Too, yeah. like go lewis you yeah know? right like, yeah they basically you know people i'm gonna get on the soapbox right now and you know you know what i'm about to do because i say this to you all the time people's Shit on Ghostbusters too. Like I, I like the remake that came out this summer with the, the female Ghostbusters. I enjoyed it. It was funny, but there was a lot of people saying it ruined their childhood. But then someone was. A lot of people were saying our childhood was ruined with Ghostbusters two in nineteen eighty nine. No, sir, it was not. That movie was hysterical. It was funny. It was fun. I love Ghostbusters two, and it was very heavily influenced. Like no more smoking Ghostbusters. Uh, it was very heavily influenced by. Um, the cartoon, which was huge at the time. Yeah, it was uh, definitely more over the top. Mm-hmm. I mean, the walking Statue of Liberty. But mm-hmm. at the same time, the first one, you had a walking Marshmallow Man. Yeah, so, 500 foot Marshmallow Man, right. I loved it. I love everything Ghostbusters, though. I, <laughs> I never really watched Ghostbusters Extreme with the cripple. I, <laughs> the cripple. <laughs> I, I don't think they've been called that since FDR was... <laughs> triple uh, i should have looked that up yeah i think it's uh handy handy capable okay yeah we'll go with handy capable what's your final word on the ghost but real ghostbusters uh again another fabulous 30 minute toy commercial <laughs> um kenner man and, and well, playmates had turtles but yes kenner had the real ghost kenner had the real ghostbusters and man did they did they make their money back on just on just toys alone. If they didn't, if they didn't sell any commercial time in that, in that thirty minutes, right. it didn't matter because I was I was buying. Well, my parents were buying those figures up. What's funny is the two I've done so far, no toys. I mean, obviously they're selling a video game with Mario Brothers, but sure, no no toys with recess. And I mean, there might have been some, but it wasn't a big toy. They weren't like toy toy shows. And uh, we're ready for my next one. Yeah, I think so. I'm going to drop this on you, Squeeze, right before we go to it. The real Ghostbusters will return after these messages. And here's my next pick. the cat do you remember eek the cat oh i thought absolutely and eek the cat and the terrible thunder lizards right extravaganza extravaganza right. uh, went under a couple names um eek the cat had a, a bit of a run but before we talk 
eke the cat, we should talk Fox Kids, which became a powerhouse in the mid to late 90s, all through the 90s. It was the powerhouse of Saturday morning cartoons. I mean, let's rattle them off. We're going to talk about two later. We won't mention it, and you'll get you'll be able to guess them. But Bobby's World, I mean, the Power Rangers, which really weren't my thing that came later, but that was huge. Eek the Cat, uh, the Pirates of the Dark Water. Uh, I'm forgetting a lot. Squeezer, you want to help me out here? <laughs> no, because now I'm concentrating on the two that are up on the list. And um... Oh, you're kind of... <laughs> uh... But no, uh, Fox Kids ushered in like so, so much. Actually, all three of our next... Three of our next four picks got their start on Fox Kids. And this one in particular came later in its run. I believe it started in uh, – uh, when did it start? Uh, sorry, I'm, I seem unprepared at this one. 1994. Well, no, it was retitled 1992. It started in 1994. They retitled it Extravaganza. So 92. We were uh, 9 and 10 years old and the – like lovable cat it was so funny and so like subversive and uh somewhat dark too and his big fat annabelle mm-hmm. girlfriend and just i think the the juxtaposition Sorry, <laughs> the the juxtaposition of his innocence yeah and he always puts others first yeah. others safety needs and comfort before his own and uh kumbaya <laughs> i think that's why i mean you're just a sweet boy <laughs> <laughs> who always does that for me. And that's probably why I gravitated to you because I loved Eek. I even had an Eek stuffed doll that I had on my dresser. Uh, I got from KB Toy Store. Uh, like liquidated because no one fucking wanted Eek dolls. <laughs> it was like $3, I think. Um, but yeah, there was uh, Sharky the shark dog that always terrorized them, Annabelle's dog. Um, and <laughs> the single mother of the family that Eek lived for, mom. And it was just so uh, out there. Mittens, who's always like, oh, he's always nervous. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. And the squishy bears. Um, there was uh, – the, and then the terrible thunder losers came later, and they were just idiots. That was mm-hmm. really fun. That was really funny, too. Um, yeah. And then it was ended by a show called Clutter, which I don't particularly remember. Mm-mm. It said it followed Ryan and Wade Heap and their pet Clutter – who they created from a pile of junk because they couldn't have a real dog due to their father's allergies. I don't remember that at all. But I definitely remember Eek. Um, like, I don't know. It was, it, for me, it was just... It was such a light show. Right. Compared to a lot of, like, my list and a lot of the other stuff that I watched. Uh, Life with Louie was another Fox Kids. Life <laughs> I'm with looking Louie. Up. Oh, the Spider-Man. I, you know, I don't even rem- I, don't, I don't know why now I'm thinking about it. I didn't put this on my list because it is one of my favorite cartoons ever, The Tick. Oh, I didn't even think to put yeah, that on. Yeah, didn't even think to put The Tick on. His Tick was so good. And then Fox's Peter Pan and the Pirates. Tasmania was good. Um, there was just so much. Beetlejuice was part of that. Uh, so many good shows that just... Fox ushered in um, uh, Where in the World's Carmen Sandiego with the two detectives. Well, that's where – see, I, I enjoyed the uh, – I don't even know what channel – did NBC run 
the, the, top, uh, the game show. The game that show. Was PBS. PBS. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually enjoyed that right. more than. In the world is Carmen Sandiego. It was just a, a, such a strange show. It was. <laughs> it was I don't know. I don't know what it was that I found myself entertained by it. It's one that I should definitely go back and take a look at. But Eek, Eek is just one of those, such a sweet, sweet character and just the awful violence that would just right. befall him. Um, and it, but it was, it was hilarious. And, and it, when all your other shows, for the most part, uh, where violence was a means to an end, uh, there's a little taste for you. For all those, we put completely non sequitured here. But if you remember the 1991 game show on PBS, I forgot all about the It was by a band called Rockefeller. They were on set, remember? Was, yeah. Yeah. Gumshoes. Yep. Acme Gumshoes. <laughs> all right. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm like, where are you going with this? We, uh, I just, I figured I'd, since we, we sang, I'd bring it up for the people so they knew we weren't completely mad. And that, that's kind of what keeps uh, the Saturday morning cartoon, basically my, my childhood, in my head constantly is just theme songs, theme songs all day right. long. I just, I'm a walking musical. No, I hate musicals because no one just breaks into song in real life. Yeah, even though I, I hate musicals. Even though I regularly do break into song right. on a yeah. regular basis. But it doesn't stop exposition. It doesn't give exposition and stop plot line, which, which uh, that's why I hate musicals. I'm going to start working that in more often in my hero life. Well, speaking of songs, let's get to a badass one. Your next pick. That brings back uh, That open was just awesome. It was. Another Fox Kids show. Yes, it was. It was not my introduction to X-Men, but it was my favorite incarnation of X-Men. Yes. Uh, it was. I mean, I had some comics beforehand. I, a lot of, I was big into the cards because we would trade those Tra- in school, Marvel trading cards. The Marvel trading cards before they took those away from us. Remember those... Okay, I'm going <laughs> the the Spider Man N where they just like force a card with Spider Man and like Silver Surfer and like his little they'd make a comic panel and he'd be like, Oh, you're you're really catching a groovy wave, Silver Surfer. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's go back there. I, I think this is this is the quintessential X Men. Like it when is. when you say X Men, this is what I think of. Yes. Uh we based our our uh fantasy casts of 
the X-Men movie before they made one off of who would portray their uh, their cartoon characters the best. And and these hold up I think better than the movies ever did. Mm-hmm. I I think they uh paid better respect to, to the source material and just well then again you what you can do with a TV show versus what you can do with a movie they developed the characters well, so much better. Right, right. And even a cartoon. Even a cartoon. Yeah, right. Even even the what you can how you can develop a character, a fresh character, right. out of nowhere, out of the blue, for one episode, <laughs> just to kill just them. Just have off. someone to die. Just to have someone to die. They, Morph is the red shirt of the X Men. Mm-hmm. Now he was, he's not. It's Marvel, so he's but not they brought dead, him back in brilliant Mr. ways. Mr. Sinister yeah. brought him back, which we discussed yeah. off air. How to me, Mr. Sinister creeped just me the hell out. Awesome. Just, not, I had nightmares as a kid of two comic book characters, uh, Ultron, and I, it, my Ultron nightmares were weird. He was unstoppable, and like the Punisher couldn't even when the Punisher couldn't even take him down. I mean, I'm a weird kid. Ultron scared me. That's why I was like so jacked for the movie. But anyway, um, Mr. Sinister also scared me. But the the themes that the show dealt with right. very mature. Right. Well, they were adult, they were all very, based on the books. They were they were. Um, they, they did Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past. They did Night of the Sentinels. Night of the Sentinels, which I, I still think, I, at the, I didn't recall this at the time. For all I know, it could have looked awesome, but the amount of errors that were in the initial <laughs> broadcast mm-hmm. um, that were, it was re-edited when it was uh, uh, re-released in right, 93. I, I had the, the VHS tape from Pizza Hut that I got free that had the two, Night of the Sentinel part one and two on it. And it was fixed. Mm-hmm. I watched that over, and I beat the hell out of that tape. Um, but some of the themes that, that and then the Phoenix Saga, the Dark Phoenix oh, Saga, Dark Phoenix Saga, they did um, so well. Yeah. They, they, they did, really played they, up the love triangle yeah. between Cyclops, Gene, and uh, Logan. Um, and that they did much better over the course of, well, Phoenix and then Dark Phoenix. So eight, ten episodes somewhere in there, versus trying to cram all of it into an hour and a half movie. Along with uh, the mutant registration and all that, you know, the third X Men movie, they just tried. Wait to a get... minute, that didn't happen. It got retconned. <laughs> oh, sorry. That all didn't happen. Um, <laughs> Cyclops is alive. Cyclops is alive. Um, but yeah, that killed me in the movies too, because in the cartoon, I was a big X, a big Cyclops fan. See, I hated Cyclops. See, I loved him. Wolverine till I die. Shring, shring. No, you know what? Who I loved, and we're gonna talk about this. I loved Gambit. Because I had the biggest heart on for Rogue. Remember those Marvel? Uh, you, did you buy a lot of comic books when you were a kid? Yeah, they always uh, had the things, see, the Marvel uh, swimsuit issues. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I wouldn't. I God and the Rogue. No, because mom was always standing right next to me. It's like, oh, yeah. So like, I loved me some Rogue, and I loved Gambit. Uh, I could get weird, but I'm gonna tell you off the air <laughs> how weird I can get. We'll tell you out there, but that show was kind of adult. Yeah, it uh, a lot of stuff I didn't catch, and a, a lot of stuff that I just uh, took for granted or just overlooked some of the other themes. But in particular, this line stands out among many. You must like to play cards. I like solitaire, okay? Unless I got someone to play with. He's talking about jerking off there, right? Yeah, and and. <laughs> Unless he, she's going to put out, and then he's, then he'll bang her. 
I, I love jerking off, but if there's someone to put this in, right. all right. That's Same a good time. Gambit. Um, but thankfully, this made it to air instead of the that horrible pilot, X-Men, Pride of the X-Men. Pride of the X-Men. Where Wolverine was Australian. <laughs> and it was all based on, they created Dazzler and they put out records. And it was all based on that Konami arcade game, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But the well, cartoon just yeah. didn't work. That was the wrong grouping of X-Men. You needed Jean Grey. You needed um, Jubilee. Because you need that kid. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but and just just the, the opening of Night of the Sentinels and just uh, the yeah. story arc. Yeah, shit that, gets real. It quick. gets real quick. And these are Beast real gets issues. Kidnapped. Yeah. Morph dies. Morph dies. A character. A cartoon character died right. on a Saturday morning. On a Saturday. <laughs> Wolverine dead. is at Cyclops' throat. Work as a team. Professor X has to bring them together. It's it's very much uh, uh, World War II, Holocaust, Nazi Germany symbolism, mm-hmm. like the X-Men played in a lot too. Like Magneto's fighting against these guys too, but he's the bad guy. And this that's what X-Men did so well. The, uh, Senator Kelly, you know, the yeah. assassination attempt. And then dealing like Christianity, the Nightcrawler. Yeah. Yeah. Like they even, they even call in to question that. Right. Um, It is. Uh... From what I understood, though, at the time, there were some issues because it was they had multiple animation houses working on it at right. the same time. Right. So certain episodes would get finished before others that were on the schedule. Right. The continuity and was. They said, "Fuck aft. it." Right. We got to get a show on the air. And, so they would unless just you put... bought the compilation volumes on VHS, you kind of really didn't weren't able to follow the storyline so or well. then what was also helpful uh fox uh afternoons after school there were blocks occasionally right, and right. then i'd fire up the vhs uh and record all those and then i'd have them in uh they were on uh netflix for a while but now they're not it's no. i think they're hulu mm. if you want to watch them but uh it's a great show what's your final word on the x-men animated series squeezer it still holds up and it sold a lot of toys. And it sold a lot of toys. Because eventually um, they shifted the toy biz line. The toy biz, yes. Which, right. again, Kenner and Toy Biz, we talked about it last week. Toy biz then got bought by Marvel. Ike Perlmutter, again, we talked about that last week. But they just would put out, that's when they hit their stride, the X-Men toys. Mm-hmm. And they were quality. They were I quality. I mean, that, that they were, uh, like I said, my, I had my Cyclops, <laughs> the light-up eyes, and he was just. You would just, like Cyclops. The Boy oh, yeah. Scout. Well, I was a Boy Scout. I was the rebel. Always wanted to stir some shit up. Speaking of, watching um, Saturday morning cartoons when you're in college. Everybody's running and the world gets so crazy. People work so hard, there's no time to be lazy. The weekend comes, I'm down with that. Grab your ball, grab your bat, head to the beach, grab some rings. Better hurry up, just got some things. Playing games, hanging out, rolling closer, there's no doubt. Go to the mall, lot of fun, pizza ride. It's time for all of us to bring it on up. <laughs> hey, that's what the weekend's all about. Best of us hanging strong, best friends can do no wrong. Just two days, we need more video games, I'll beat your score. Watch 
cartoons on TV. Drink that frosty drug and freeze. That's what we like to do. Come on, y'all, I'm talking to you. <laughs> Do you, uh, pop quiz, Squeezer, do you know the artists who performed that theme song? I wish you would have said that before we played it. So I would have, now, <laughs> now I'm going back and like listening to it again. <laughs> Let me give you a clue. Chappelle Show. I wish I had that. Jeopardy theme song queued up. Chappelle show. Oh, you're really dropping the ball. David Allen Greer? I'm Wayne Brady, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that was Wayne Brady uh, performing that. This show, listen, I watched this in college. I still watch I still will watch on YouTube. It was it was one of those two parters. You got two 11-minute uh, stories in the 30-minute, well, 22-minute episode. Um, and it detailed the, the weekend life of four ethnically diverse seventh graders. You got Tino, the witty Italian-American single mom, oddball, who uh, is always making bizarre, creepy references and kind of like, I don't know, me or you. <laughs> uh, Lore, who was kind of like the lesbian. <laughs> she was not the lesbian. That's, that's a pudding. She was sporty. You said cripple before. So. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, I'm a horrible person. She was the sporty uh, Scottish-American tomboy who's not the smartest person around. There was Carver, who uh, was voiced by Phil Lamar, a self-centered African-American fashionista who dreams of being a celebrity. And per Tratishkova Katishfrakas, who was known as Tish. She was the artistic Jewish-American intellectual of Lithuanian descent who idolizes Shakespeare. It had a great animation style. Um, it is uh, one of the few anima uh, animated shows where the outfits change episode to episode. Uh, the show took place in the fictional uh, Bahia Bay, which is based on San Diego. So it was in California. The show took place. It always started on Friday and then Sunday, and the eventual was a weekend. I really, really I loved it. It was a good show. It was, it was really well done. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I picked it up my freshman year of college. We, uh, when you have the nothing to do on a Saturday morning, you know, you put on the cartoons, check out Recess, and this new show Weekenders comes up, and I was like, oh, I like this. It was, it was, critics loved it. It was. Um, they called TV Guide dubbed it the show that killed Pokemon, because ABC just murdered it. And, uh, WB in ratings because of the weekender. So it was a popular show. Uh, it was the number one rated show on Sunday mornings uh, when it came out. And uh, yeah, I mean, the show that killed Pokemon. We all know how big Pokemon is right now. Well, it was the past few months. You never, you don't know I, anything about it? This is the, it's the first I'm hearing of it. I, I would suggest checking it out. Like Recess. Like uh, I, I uh, said. I knew, I watched Recess. Non -re my, my sister watched Recess. I caught recess here and there, um, but no, this I. Uh... It it's on YouTube. Um, they, the the thing they they always went to the pizza shop, uh, and it always would be changing themes. That would be one of their their jokes. But 
Um, it was good. I just check if, if if you're on the fence about checking it out. Oh shit! I have no way to convince you. Just check it. It's on YouTube for free. <laughs> uh, just check it out. It's a good show. Um, and that's all I gotta say about it. And what we're going to go to next, I believe, is a commercial, if you could just... After these messages, we'll be right back. I just had to play that. <laughs> that was That's like ingrained in our brains. Oh, it's, Even the cadence of it. Yeah. It's after these messages, we'll be, be right back. back. It, it, it just comes out of nowhere sometimes. Right. I'll still say it. ABC, baby. Yeah. All the way. You ready for your next one? Yeah. All right, let's, this is let's do it. We're tiny, we're toony, we're all a little loony. And in this cartoony, we're invading your TV. We're comic dispensers, we crack up all the censors. Adventures get a dose of comedy. So here's a Acres, it's a whole wide world apart. Our homes we only stand alone, a cartoon work of art. Let's rip where we checked it, expect the unexpected. What a good pick. Um, it, Tiny Toon Adventures. It's a the small little cartoon that could produce by... Uh, there's wow, a little wow. production company out there named right. Amblin Entertainment right. that was headed so what's up What's his by, name? Uh, well, there's, there's, Frank, there's this guy, Frank Marshall, and Kathleen Kennedy. Right, they're nobodies. And um, they've produced a couple movies. Right. Uh, but, and then they're... Uh, uh, Frank Marshall's directorial debut was... What's my favorite Michael Crichton movie that is, as many feel, the worst movie? Congo? Yes. <laughs> but he also produced the massively successful Jurassic, Jurassic World. World. Well, and, and, their, Jurassic and, World. and their co-founding partner, Steven Spielberg. Oh, that guy. Uh, yeah, that guy. Wait, wait, Kathleen Kennedy. What did she do recently? Ah, something called uh, Force Awakens? I think that's, oh, that she, star movie yeah. about the wars. Right, yeah. Yeah. She's the yes. president of this company called yes. Lucasfilm. Yes. I don't, I don't uh, know. These people had their shit together. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, they do. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's no know. surprise this was a massive success. Yeah, it, it's probably the, probably one of the best cartoons ever made. Absolutely. Um, and when it came out. Everybody in our age group in 1990, and this, so it came out in the prime as, time, yeah, in September uh, of 1990, and we were all obsessed with it. Yes, I, I had crayons. Yes, I, I remember waiting. They teased it. I remember waiting for that night that right. this show was gonna, this cartoon was going to debut, right? And oh, it was just phenomenal. It was so well done, right? The humor. I I liked. I grew up watching. I watched old Looney Tune reruns all the time. Right, and all the this, all the people who wrote it, it was a labor of love. They grew up with that, yes. and they were trying to recreate that without recreate, making a new generation. And I think they succeeded. I think they succeeded on all fronts. Absolutely, it just, it, it's smart, uh, clever. Is that basically saying the same thing? 
the slapstick it's it fits perfectly it's it, it's there's depth to it it was really good like even their counterparts like they they could have just done like simple counterparts but like montana max and yosemite sam are their are their counterparts and like montana max is the rich kid who's a fires off instead of the prospector um plucky duck and daffy duck uh, hampton and porky pig i mean hampton was my favorite i had a hampton doll i kind of lot of Dolls. <laughs> <laughs> I had a Hampton doll. I gotta go. Uh, I'm gonna say Plucky. Plucky was good. Um, just the uh, just the over the top absurdity of it. Pluck, Plucky was who I wanted to be. Plucky. I was I was Hampton. <laughs> no. I was Plucky and wanted to be Hampton. <laughs> I wanted to be that sweet, lovable guy, but I was an asshole. I was I was furball, but I was. I, I wanted to be plucky. Um, just <laughs> plucky is, is the center of the episode that sticks in my brain the most. I don't know if you recall the Albert Einstein episode mm-hmm. where he wishes to become Albert Einstein to pass his math test. And they, re- I always stuck with me that Einstein failed math. <laughs> I, I am a, my favorite moment out of all of it. And it's not a particular episode. It's actually, the movie it's how i spent my summer vacation yeah. which i burned that tape out to no end uh, Be- before i get to my thoughts on that i just want to say that my favorite game boy game of all time is tiny tunes bab big bab's big break which is a freaking awesome one scroller. of my favorite nes games was the first tiny tunes game it has its flaws it's rather difficult but uh, i probably one of my favorites out there Right behind Super Mario Brothers three, um, but I mean, two time uh, Emmy winner for animated series, won an Emmy for writing, won an Emmy for the theme song that you just heard. Uh, Spielberg said, uh, "Yeah, we're gonna have an orchestra mm-hmm. score this." And you're like, "Nah, it's expensive." And he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna have an orchestra score this." This this show really did bring usher a golden a new golden age of animation, which it's going to lead to my next pick. And I, but I got I have more segue without this show, without this show. Are you, I, unless you have anything more to say about it? I was just, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it changed it, it changed the game. Like uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Hell, they based the whole network on Go, it. WB yeah, launched it. Yeah, Kids Network. Uh, Animaniacs is a result of it, and Pinky and the Brain, um, uh, Ghostbusters, Team Man, all, all the all those syndicated shows that I grew up with as a kid, I loved, but they were cheaply and massively produced to but get the a story was out good, there. but the animation was the, the animation wasn't there. This they saw it as an investment, right. and they got their returns because now you look back on it as one of the best animated series to ever air. Um, now you talked about how I spent my summer vacation. One of the writers on that, uh, wonderful movie and a writer on the show was a man by the name of Paul Dini, who in my mind is one of the best Batman writers on the planet. And we talked tiny tunes. We would not have gotten my next pick if it was not for tiny tunes. Tiny tunes led directly Bruce, Tim, Paul Dini, Led directly to my next pick. I'm going to drop this on you. You know what it is. You're going to love it. 
you just picture it, the how dark and brooding it was, and the the Danny Elfman theme song, which which gave way to the Shirley Walker score that they like you said with Tiny Toons, it was an, they scored Shirley Walker scored every episode. Batman the animated series, in my opinion, the seminal Batman television series, the seminal Batman. Anything outside the comics, this is superior to. I think it, in a lot of ways, it's even superior to a lot of the work in the comics. Sure. Like, there's like great books like Dark Knight Returns, Killing Joke, but the animated series was just so good. And I rem- it premiered in t- prime time with unleathery unleathery wings with Man Bat, and we're like, who? fuck is this what is this and i'm like going back in my books i'm like god oh, shit he was a character like they brought they, they dug deep and paul dini and bruce tim and eric radomsky i mean bruce tim and eric radomsky were so influential and there is now what's called the timverse all those shows that that preceded like justice league superman they, like it was all in bruce tim's style and eric radomsky and those they painted it on black paper, and and then and then that's how they made the dark Gotham City. Like they took black paper and they started painting on that instead of your typical white, and it was dark and brooding and the serious and just like, I mean, Mister Freeze was a joke, of a, of a villain. Mm-hmm. He was he was a campy guy from the '66, and he was mainly the same in the comic book. And then Paul Dini wrote Heart of Ice, probably one of my favorite episodes. And if I, not my favorite, I'll get to my favorite. It's one of my favorite, my favorites over the edge, but my, my, one of my favorite is heart of ice. And he, Paul Dini talks about how we started with the image in his mind of the teardrop falling from freezes eye and turning into a snowflake. So he took that and he worked from there. And as a, an artist, I, I know what working from the back is like, but he created this whole backstory of Nora, which they freaking cribbed and ruined and uh, that horrible it, 97 movie. But anyway, this show was so good and so ahead of its time and still holds up. And if you've seen Mask of the Phantasm and Mark Hamill's work as the Joker and the fact that he wasn't even cast as the Joker, like he, his agent was like, hey, do you want to read for a part on um, uh, Batman Animated Series? And he was in um, the – he played a uh, – a, 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 a politician, I forget his exact role, in Heart of Ice. And that was his first role. And uh, someone that, someone close to you does not like at all was the original voice of the Joker. He um, is not allowed to be even watched, even in his good movies based on board games in your household that you really love oh. because of his role in a Stephen King. Are we... We're talking Tim Curry. Tim Curry, yes. He was he voiced the Joker through many episodes, mm-hmm. and I guess it just wasn't working. It was too similar to like uh, the pirate voice they did for the, the he played a pirate in the Peter Pan the Pirates cartoon. They thought it was mm-hmm. too similar, so they 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 called Hamill, and Hamill's a huge Batman fan. And they're like, "Do you want to play the Joker?" And he lost. And and Kevin Conroy, who does Batman, is the voice I hear in my head when I read the books. So the two of them <clears throat> knocked it out of the park, like Hamill, Conroy, and then what came from this? What was created by Deanie and Tim that uh, broke out huge this summer? The 
probably the most popular DC character. We were at New York Comic Con. Yeah. How many do we count? Uh, in the four to five hours that we were keeping track, over a hundred. Over a hundred. Over a hundred Harley, Harley Quinns. Quinns. All created from this show. So the, you could say all you want to say about this show. It was the, the thematic complexity, the darker tone, the artistic quality, the film noir aesthetic. You didn't really know what time period this show took place in. <coughs> um, it was just like, you can't say enough about how great Batman the Animated Series was. I, I think what really stands out about it, this and Tiny Toons, it, the, it's the ambition. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, at this point, it was now art. It was very earnest. It was very earnestly done. Like They weren't like, oh, we got to do a cartoon. <laughs> we know all about like just, oh, we got to do the show. Let's get it done as with our career. This was taken to like we want to do. This is like a, a thing we want to do, and we we, you know, this isn't Fleischer Studios doing. Um, uh, I'm sorry, Filmation. Fleischer. What I wanted to get to Fleischer. When when they decided to do this, Max Fleischer's Superman cartoon from the 40s is where they took their inspiration with the air blimps and the the Art Deco and the film noir. Those Fleischer cartoons. I remember buying them at like the dollar store on VHS. The Superman Fleischers. If you haven't watched the Max Fleischer Superman cartoons, do it. The Shirley Walker um, th- uh, uh, scores, uh, the voices, everything was great about this. And even the way they used the villains. They brought back Poison Ivy. They gave her, they gave Claw King, Mad Hatter, Clayface. Like Clayface was probably one of my favorites out of the. They were just a great figure too. <clears throat> great figure, but they were just interesting episodes to watch. Batman solve that puzzle and and they, and they really gave a heart to the villains mm-hmm. like it wasn't just a villain being a villain to like steal a ruby like he had mm-hmm. motivation and one of my favorite episodes was over the edge you know this one i talked about I, I, if maybe not by name yeah. so it starts like really dramatic batman and robin and this is not Dick Grayson. This is Tim Drake Robin at this point. Dick Grayson's already Nightwing. It's later in the series. Are running through the Batcave, and they're being followed by Gordon and cops, and they're shooting them. And Gordon's like, we know it's you, Bruce. You have no way. Stakes are high. Gordon's after after Batman. You're like, what the hell's going on? It starts with that. They get away, and they meet up with Nightwing in this cove. And they do a flashback. Apparently, they're on the roof fighting Scarecrow, and Scarecrow gassed them, and Barbara fell off the roof onto the cop car right in front of Gordon, pulled the mask off, saw it was her, immediately went after Batman. Chasing down Batman, Nightwing says he's going to go back to his apartment, get supplies. He gets there, Gordon's waiting for him. Gordon takes him down, (laughs) pulls him out, and he's coming for him. He knows that Bruce and well, Batman won't be able to um, like not show up at his daughter's funeral. So he sets up a trap and he makes a plan with Bane to uh, be on the roof. So uh, Batman's up there. Bane comes out and he has this like, oh, what should I expect from the murder of children? And it, it, it's Bane was really done well before they did the... The Christian Bale movie. It was it was really good interpretation of Bane, and um, he starts trying to kill him. And Gordon comes out and he starts killing Gordon too. He's like, "You didn't think this was part of the deal?" 
Um, so as Bruce goes to save Jim, Bane, he, he crashes. He's all bets are off at this point. He knows shit's done. So he, he tries to electrocute Bane and stop him. And then Bane's last breath, he pushes the bat signal over and knocks Bruce and Gordon to their death. And you're like, fuck, is this the last episode ever? Like, this is it. This is how shit goes down. And as Bruce and Gordon fall to their death, Barbara wakes up in the Batcave. She was, it was a hallucination from uh, Scarecrow. So well done. Yeah. Um, it's just a really good episode. There's so many good That was a Paul Dini, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Dini, and, and if, if, if you can, um, Paul Dini, he had some, when he moved out to Hollywood, he had a, he was mugged. Like there's this horrible story where he was like mugged on the way to work. And um, I'm trying to look it up now, exactly what it's called. Um, he wrote, so he, he was mugged and he was beaten like almost to death. And then he struggled to like, like if you listen to his interview on Nerdist, he tells this great story how he, he, he had to like get to grips with his own Dark Knight. Okay, so the comic's called Dark Knight, A True Batman Story. And he, he talks about how Batman helped him get through it like a dark period. Pick it up. It's a great book. Like, Paul Dini is one of my favorite. And there's, <clears throat> there's comic books. You know, follow me on Twitter um, at RK Filmco, and I'll tell you some good comic books. Uh, well, my voice is cracking, Barry. <laughs> to, to, to get uh, on, uh, on Paul Dini. But I don't know. What, what's, do you have a final word on Batman the Animated Series? Uh, another one that just uh, holds up. I will go back and just watch random episodes from time to time. Um, there's just uh, something about it, something just so tangible. Uh, like you said, the way it was ba- painted. This this wasn't a, an animated... This was a painting. Mm-hmm. And it just... Uh, it was good. It was a great show. So check it out. If you never saw it, it's on Amazon Prime for free. You buy the DVDs. You can check out all these shows if you just dig hard, hard enough. And um, you, uh, email us at rad.years at gmail.com and tell us what your favorite shows were. Tell us what other things you want us to talk about retro-wise and the best rad years of your life on our podcast. Go on our Instagram and see a lot of rad stuff at the underscore rad underscore years. And just keep listening to our podcast. We're going to have great giveaways. We give away some Bat- a Batman 89 figure on the box. And... Um, uh, I don't know. Squeezer? All right. Next That's... week, we're talking NES. Oh, yeah. Who, who, no one could get their hands on one of those mini consoles, the, the retro. Uh, we don't need to worry about that. I'll just throw some cartridges in my NES, jam a pen in there, smack it <laughs> on the side a couple <laughs> Blowing times. Blowing the cartridge blow first. Uh, we're going we're gonna to bring you everything NES next week. Our, our favorite NES moment. So... For this week, Saturday Morning Cartoons, we're signing off. I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. Have a good night.